All right, so this morning I want to talk to you about a coming worldwide harvest, and I want to talk to you about um, what the Lord is doing here at the Haas. This is really kind of a vision casting day, praise the Lord. Woo-woo! We're still going to talk about Jesus. Um, on Thursday, I gave the prophetic history, so you can get that online. It's online now, so this afternoon or, or whenever you want to go look at that. It's really, this is a two-part series, so it's really important because God seated us in. We didn't like wake up one day and go, hey, I got saved. Let's go start a church. No, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, there were signs in the heavens and on the earth that seated this place in. And it was, it was unto a coming harvest, and it was unto carrying something and giving birth to something. And it was cooperating with what the Lord has for the city, prophetically. And so that's really um, what we want to do. And so, you know, the Lord tells us to cast a vision and, and write it on tablets or on your iPads. And so that you will, know, you will know that it is the truth and you'll be able to run with it. And First Timothy tells us that we're to war with these prophetic words because once you get set like a gazer beam, you just grab hold of that thing and you won't get off of it. And so we wanna, we wanna share with you, I want you to, to listen to um, to the to word, the prophetic word on Thursday, but but this morning I want to talk to you more about really strategically what I'm seeing for 2014 for this house. Now on Thursday I announced to everybody that the Lord is changing our name. You know, whenever in the in the Bible, whenever there was a name change, it was very significant. You know, you had Saul. That, that was renamed Paul. You had Abram that was renamed Abraham. And those are just a few examples. But it's significant when the Lord changes your name. And it's, it's not that he's doing something completely different, but he's actually taking what was the original seed and he's multiplying it and he's growing it so that it'll have a greater expression in the earth. And that's really what I feel like he's doing for us. He's really taking what we've been doing and how we've been laboring as the house of Zerubbabel. And that's something that we will never change. We will never stop being Zerubbabel. I'm actually writing a book right now about it. And so, I mean, it's going to be the core of who we are. Zechariah 4 is the foundation of what God is doing. But now he is really, and, and again, you'll, you'll understand a lot of this for those of you that weren't here on Thursday when you, when you listen to Thursday. Um, but, but he's taking that core and he's now expanding us. And so our new name that he's given to us prophetically over the past several years is going to be Storehouse. This is going to be official on December the 1st. Uh, we're going to launch a new website. So t today I'm going to talk to you about a little of the prophetic, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about just the strategic of what I'm seeing. Is that okay? Okay. I love stories. So I'm going to start with a story. Um, the Holy Spirit was saying to me this morning, along with this story that I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit was saying to me this morning uh, to ask you a question. Um, so here it is. He said, will you follow me? All right, so I'm going to ask you again, and I want you to reply, will you follow me? Yes. All right. So, the, so I say that, and I believe he's saying that, because when he said that, I saw each one of you with a flame over your head. I saw God was, uh, he is making you ministers that are flames of fire. 
And, um, and so this next season that we're going into, it's really going to require you to step out in faith. And it's going to require the, the, the things that how you've been tenderized in the Holy Spirit in this next time, this next season, this next year, he is going to be, he's going to be calling you into doing something that's uncomfortable. Don't you love that? Don't get scared. All right, so last night when I was there at the pro-life event, <clears throat> um, a woman came running up to me before I spoke, and she said, do, do you remember me? You prophesied over me. And I was like, uh, no. And she said, yeah, like four years ago, somebody brought me to, to the Haas, and they said, oh, you've got to have this woman prophesy over you. You know, she's really going to give you, you know, a, a clear word from the Lord. And so uh, she said, I was, I was newly pregnant, and um, I was in my first trimester, and uh, you prophesied over me, and you said, I see twins. And I, so I didn't say anything. I just received the prophecy, but I was thinking to myself, wow, I thought you were a prophet. You just got that totally wrong because I'm, I know I'm carrying a, a single child. And um, she said, and then two years later, I got pregnant, and I have now have twins. <laughs> So she's got two identical twins, and she was so excited to share that with me. And I thought, yeah, you know, isn't it, isn't it so much fun to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? And so that we can come alive and we can change people's lives, and they can say, hey, God actually spoke to me. God said something to me. He knows my name. He knows my name. And that's what really prophecy is all about, is that we prophesy and uh, people come alive towards God. Um, and during this shift and one of the things that I feel like the Lord is saying on Friday as you guys know it was 1122 and we were, uh, we were, we were uh, commemorating um, and, and I, I didn't go but I, I saw it I, I was looking at it reading about it on the news and the Lord began to speak to me and he said today is a new day Today is a new day, 11:22, and I thought, oh, that's awesome, God! I love a new day. Um, you know, we're all asking for the new day, aren't we? We're all asking for the harvest, aren't we? And you, and, and as you listen to uh, the prophecies on Thursday, you'll see and hear about the prophetic words over this city. And He showed me, and He said, "This is the year of jubilee; that your debts are now forgiven." And a friend of mine called me up and she said, I had a vision of Dallas and over Dallas was a banner and written on the banner were the words forgiven. It is the year of Jubilee. And, and, and what they did um, on Friday was a sign that the old now has been forgiven and we've now entered into the new day in the city. What happened on this this past week is when um, JFK when JFK was assassinated, there was an X that marked the spot. the The FBI painted an X in the place that he was shot on the cement. And so, whenever you went down to Dealey Square, you could stand there, you could remember whatever, remembering what happened. And for the first time. The city managers gave the word, we want you to scrape that X off. And then I want you to pave over it. So this year, when they went to commemorate that assassination, the X was gone. 
And the Lord said, and they, they, they did an interview and they asked the city managers, why didn't you just pave over it? Because you, you didn't have to scrape it. You could have just paved over it. And they said, we did not want that X and that blemish to be in our city any longer. So even the unbelievers are prophesying to what God is doing, that there is, a, there is a sign over this city that says, you are forgiven, Dallas, of the sin of Roe v. Wade. You are forgiven, Dallas, of the sin of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And from this day forward, there will be favor and the promises of God that are on this city that he is going to bring to pass are now beginning are now beginning and so I wanted to share that with you because it, it really has it's very significant because we've been carrying within us a, a, a revival baby and that's what Thursday was all about. You'll hear about it when you listen to it. But we've been carrying within us this baby of harvest and this baby of revival that he wants to birth in the earth. And he, he told me to tell you that even the name change of our house during this time is significant because he's actually calling the city storehouse. That we are called to be a city of refuge in the days that are coming. That we would be able to provide for the earth. And that wealth would come out of this city. That grain would come out of this city. That the oil and the wine will come out of this city. Because it's going to come out of its people. And the Lord is asking today, will you follow me? Because in the, because what we've been doing here at the House of Prayer is we've been laboring in the place of digging wells through intercession and through prayer. And while that's going to continue, what we're doing now is God is calling us now to begin to go out and get the harvest. Yeah. It's actually not in the Bible that we're supposed to wait for revival. We are revival starters. And we're supposed to carry revival within us and everywhere we go, we ignite the earth with fire. And so we're not going to wait for these things to happen. I believe that what the Lord has been saying to us is that you've been laboring and you've been garnishing the oil for this entire city. You've been, you've been heaping up the oil, but now when you go out, I'm actually going to take my fire and I'm going to light that oil. And as you give away, as you give away, fire is going to continue to become a blaze. And all of us, you know, you can have one, one that's burning. That's good. But when you start to have a whole company of people, and it just takes a few, you will actually begin to transform a city. So really, as a storehouse, God is calling us to carry these things out. So the Lord told me, 2014, he gave me two words. He said, go, and he said, fire. He keeps it pretty simple with me. No sentences, just words. So he had me, I had a dream the other night, and he, I had a concordance up here at the pulpit, and I was talking about storehouse, and I had the concordance open. So I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you what the meaning of storehouse is. So I'm going to give you the Old Testament, and I'm going to give you the New Testament, okay? Good. Yes, I'm going to teach. All right. 
Sorry, this microphone and this. Okay, you know what? I have on two pairs of glasses. For those of you who are 50 and above, you know this. You kind of like keep them in your pocket. So I'm going to use these. They're lighter. All right. The storehouse. Lower it. It's going into my nose. Okay. Is that better? Oh, my shirt. I wore this shirt as a celebration for today because we're changing our name to a storehouse, and it says Dead Razor. Come on. That's what I'm talking about, right? You start raising the dead, and things are going to get pretty exciting. We should really be known as the place when people, their loved ones, pass away. We should be known as the place, well, those people over there actually raise people from the dead. Yes. Go, go call them. Yes. Yes. And that's not just spiritual, by the way. You know, Jesus was serious. All right, so number one, the storehouse was a place where great wealth is stored. Hezekiah had, a ver had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable items. Storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for every kind of livestock and folds for stock for flocks. So this word storehouse, the, the word storehouse there is mechana. Okay, that means a, a place to store the supply. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, the storehouse contains the deep things of God, the waters of the deep. Psalm 33, 7, he gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. This word is outsar, and it means treasury. It means a, a treasury of gold, silver, weapons of war, snow, rain, hail, wind, and sea. We need like to, I mean, listen to what he's saying here. This is what a storehouse is going to contain. It's going to contain the hail. It's going to contain the sea. It's going to contain the deep things of God. The storehouse was a dwelling habitation. David divided the families of the Levites, and he said, I want you to be gatekeepers. And this is what he said. He, he said uh, to Obed-Edom, uh, uh, Edom, Obed-Edom, thank you. <laughs> the south gate and to his sons the storehouse so as they began to go to the different places where they were assigned as intercessors and as watchmen and as the levites they were actually called to go stand at the gate and gather the harvest in that place and so they were called he said he said okay you're going to be called a storehouse in that place and that word the hebrew of that word is abayeth those belonging to the same household a temple, those organized as a body, or a house containing a family. Number four, the priests were stationed at a storehouse at the gates of the city. Okay, that's what I was just telling you. But this one is actually different. First Chronicles 26, 17. On the east were six Levites. On the north, four each day. On the south, four each day. And for the storehouses, two by two. So what he was doing is he was taking the priests and he was setting them two by two to be storehouses at the gate of the city. But this one, he was actually, uh, it was actually called something else, which was Akhuf. Storehouses, which means storehouses at the gates, what is collected at the gates. And then he goes on, and, and the word that he uses most often to describe a storehouse in the Old Testament was outsar. 
And that was one of the words that I just described to you. It's the treasuries of, of great wealth. In Nehemiah 13:12, he said, Then all Judah brought the tithe of grain and new wine and the oil to the storehouse. So what he's saying there is that there are three things that are going to be in the storehouse. The new wine, fresh wine, oil, the anointing of heaven, and the grain, the word of the Lord, are going to be in these storehouses. And then in Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a great blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now we look at that and we say, okay, that's about the tithe. And you hear that quoted a lot when you're talking about the tithe. But I want you to keep that in mind when I tell you about what Jesus called storehouses. Jesus portrays the storehouse as being a place where he resides. In the Old Testament, he showed us a storehouse as a place of supply. But in the New Testament, he says that you are that place of supply. In Matthew 6, 6, he says this, But you, when you go pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The secret place here is Tamion. The Greek word that means a storage chamber, a storehouse, the inner room, and a secret chamber. Okay, it, and it also refers, it's a derivative of tamias, and which means a storer, a distributor, or a treasurer. And so what he's saying in the New Testament, even in Matthew 24, 26, he says, Therefore, if I say to you, look, he is in the desert. Do not go out. Look, he said, he is not in those places, for he is in the inner room. He is in the inner room. The inner room means storehouse. He is in the distributor. He is in the distributor of gold, silver. He is the distributor of the treasuries of heaven. He is, in, he is the distributor. You are the distributor is what he's saying. You are my storehouse. You are my house of prayer. Those who have stored up the nature of God. And then you are going to distribute these things out into the world. Isn't that good? All right, vision 2014. All right, I began to have all of these dreams about um, a two-story building. And, and, and we began to prophesy that we were going to get a two-story building, two-story building, two-story building. Keeps coming up, keep coming up. And the Lord said, no, I'm, I'm not talking about a two-story building physically. And it doesn't mean that someday we won't have like a, a thousand-story building into heaven. Whatever, I don't care. Whatever he decides he wants to give us, I don't care. But he was talking about two stories. It's a play on words. Your first story was laying the foundation of this house as priests. And the second story is taking the fire out to the city as kings. There are two stories. One is the first commandment. The second is the second commandment. There are two stories that he's telling. 
The priests function in the first commandment. The kings function in the second commandment. And the common thread of these two is what? It's love. Love God with everything that you have. Lay your life down so that, you, that God can pour himself into you and you can become one with him. And then go out and love others now that you have been transformed and you love yourself. Now that you love yourself and you know who you are, you can give that away. But until you know who you are, you can't give it away. But I want to challenge you because what we've done as the church is we've really been very selfish because we've been about feeding ourselves, really, for 50 years. Let me feed myself, let me feed myself. 50 years ago, around that time, the latter rain revival and the, and the, and the, um, the, the presence of God lifted up the latter rain revival. But the Lord is saying, I'm coming back, and I'm coming back with power. But this time, I've moved on my people, and I've, I've caused the priesthood to come alive. I've caused those to come away with me in the secret place so that they could be transformed into my likeness and then go out in the earth to begin to gather up the harvest. Because in the latter rain revival, what happened is that people were seeking after the hand of God, but they didn't want the heart of God. People wanted the power of God, but they didn't want the name of God. They didn't want the very essence of God. They didn't want to give themselves to a place of, 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 of going and, and sitting before him and saying, I love you. I want to be with you. So God lifted because the end result of not giving ourselves and having an inner life in God is, is that you will, when the power comes, you will fall to the three G's, the girls, the glory, and the gold. Right? Because we've seen that story. But the Lord said in this last generation, this last generation on earth, they will actually look like me. And so what we are, people always say, are you a church? Are you a house of prayer? Are you a school? And we say, yes, <laughs> we are. Yes. What we are is we are an equipping center to send out laborers into the harvest and they can bring everybody back in. We can connect them with God. How do we teach them how to commune with God, how to become one with God, and then we send them back out. Here's the thing, when I was telling you about the church being lazy, or the church being, um, we were lazy. As, I love what um, Reinhard Bonnke said when he said, God goes with the goers. He doesn't sit with the sitters. Right? There is a, there is a spiritual dynamic that happens when those of us who have gone to the secret place and the inner place and we've had encounters with the living God and love has changed our name and we encounter this love and, 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 our, and our, our hearts get transformed and, but we can't stay in that place because if we stay in that place we actually get bored, we get dry but if we will take that place then and 
begin to go out, what happens is the things that we desire the most, which is hungering for God, more of the fire, more of the revelation, more of the encounter, if we will go and activate it through going out and beginning to preach the gospel, those things will actually come to us. And we'll begin to see that multiplication that we so desired. But we stay in the place of prayer only, and we only hang out as a priest, we will have forsaken the fullness of our destiny. I can't tell you how many men I know in the body of Christ who are so bored. They're so bored. They're like, you know, I'm going to church. I'm doing this stuff. I just don't know how to get to this next level. I don't know how to get to this next place. And some women, but a lot of the women around here, are, they're intercessors. And so, you know, intercessors just burn all the time. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's good ridiculous. But everybody in this body, everybody in this body, hear what I'm saying, is going to be activated in 2014. There's no more sitting. There's no more, oh, well, I just need to get healed more. No, you don't. <laughs> you want to get healed, I'm telling you, come to the secret place. We'll train you. We'll teach you. That's, what, that's why we have EJS. That's why we have Sons of Oil. That's why we're, we're going to have a worship school that's starting. We're going to have a Comenia school for kids, K through 12, that's coming. So, so we're all about equipping you. But, beloved, I'm telling you, I am telling you that unless we do this, we will forsake the fullness of what God has for us. And it, it, the minute that you start doing that, the minute you start going out, the minute you start giving away the oil, you give away the treasuries, you give away the gold, you give away the wine, guess what happens? You get more. It's tithing. It's tithing. He said, let me tell you, if you will give away part of who you are, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out on you so deep, so high that you can't even contain the anointing. Come on. That's good news. All right. I haven't even looked at my notes. All right. So we actually have a plan. Isn't that good? Isn't it good to have a plan? So we're going to harvest um, the city around us. And so we're going to start... And we're going to start real close in, and then when we've harvested that area, we're going to go out to the next area, a couple of months. Then we're going to go out to the next area, a couple of months, and we're going to keep bringing them in. And we're going to bring them into the schools, we're going to bring them into the small groups, we're going to have, we have small groups that we're setting up that are going to be specifically for all of the new believers. But like I said, you don't need to be a, a, a theologian to preach the gospel. In fact, we would rather you not be a theologian to preach the gospel. But what you do need is you need a testimony yeah. of what Jesus did to you, for you, you know, how he transformed you, how he changed your life, and that's all you need. Have you ever tried to, to, to evangelize somebody with uh, hermeneutics or uh, uh, your, your Christianese? You know, you've got all of these words that you're saying to them, and they don't even understand what you're saying. They're like, what? But when you get a new believer, they're fresh off the streets, and you got to send them back out there while they're fresh off the streets, you know? And they're still so relevant. They're still so fresh and fiery and zealous. This is going to be so much fun. I'm telling you, we're going to have a party every day in this house. Yes. <laughs> 
So we have a plan. <clears throat> so the plan is to harvest the area around us. And believe me, Dallas is going to start to take note going, there's something going on over there in, in Daddy's branch. The branch of the, of the farmer is beginning to come alive. What's happening over there? So, and then, then it's just going to expand. It's going to expand. It's going to expand. We are going to, uh, um, we're going to be involved in all of the festivals around the city, all of the parades, and we're going to send out um, laborers into those places that know how to preach the gospel with fire, and they're going to prophesy, they're going to heal the sick, they're going to cast out demons. Doesn't that sound like fun? And then they're going to come back into the prayer room. Father, take me into the throne room. Take me into the throne room. Show me what you want me to do. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> And I will guarantee you, this is going to be so easy for you. Yeah. This is going to be so easy because the, the, the harvest is white. All of those wheat, all the wheat is like this. It's like this. <laughs> and how do I know that? Because as I've been going out, the Lord has actually been using me and showing me myself. Because he's been telling me to go for about six months now. And I'm like, go, go where? Go, go, it's kind of a broad statement. Can you give me a little more idea about what you're talking about? So what he's been doing, he's actually been bringing the harvest to me. And, and, and so I've been having people act very peculiarly around me. And, um, you know, they'll come and they, they, strangers sit right next to me. When there's a lot of room over there. And what they're doing is, and, and, and awkwardly, like they don't know what to say and they, have no, they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And the Lord is saying, listen, I am going to bring the harvest. If you guys will go out, you're going to see this thing happen because I said to go. I said to plant. You planted. Now I'm saying, I want you to go. Okay? Have I said that 50 times the same way or different ways? You get it, right? Do we get it? Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. Woo! Dallas! Guys, this is what we have been laboring for. I feel like I'm so excited because I feel like the dreams that we've all been carrying in our hearts and every person that lives in this city, they know. Even the unbelievers know, you know? Like scraping the X off the street. This is coming. It's coming. And it's like, okay, it's here. Hallelujah. All right. So why don't you go ahead and put up um, the website. So I want to I show you what our new website is going to look like. We're going to have a new sign. Everything's going to be new. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Thank you, Reuben and Merrick. Merrick, stand up. Everybody, give Merrick a hand. If anybody needs a website, this woman right here, she's got an incredible eye for design. Wait, I think that's a, I think that's an eye for design. Is that a show? No, that's not it. Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> See, she knows something. You probably know it too. I don't watch TV. So, all right. So, it's called the storehouse. Okay, go down a little. Go down a little. So, people were wondering what we were. So, we went ahead and made it clear. We're a church. We're a house of prayer. And we're schools. So, like I said, we're going to have... Um, as, as the house of prayer, okay, I'm gonna, you're going to love this because it's all mission statement-y and strategy. And... All right, <clears throat> where is it? Oh, nope. Did I not put it on here? Okay, as the house of prayer, 
here are the three things that the house of prayer does. Number one, say number one. In this fun. <laughs> Creating an atmosphere of heaven through worship that shouts grace, grace over our city. Number two. Come on. Kind of like, a, I'm like Vanna or something. They're like <laughs> door number two. Partnering in intercession for revival and justice in the DFW Metroplex America in Israel. Number three. three. Training the hearts and senses of our students so they can hear the voice of bridegroom Jesus and establishing them in their identities in Christ. Isn't that good? Yes. We really massaged that. We all worked on it. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have four schools. We have two that are up and running now. We have one, uh, two more in 2014 that are going to be coming online. So um, the worship school and Comenia school, maybe Comenia school, I don't know. All of the pieces are just now starting to come together. And um, so it's what the Lord told us to do. If you want to hear more about the Comenia school of creative leadership for K through 12, we would be happy to share that information with you. But um, we're going to have some rock stars that are kindergartners. Give them the same, give them the same priest and king message, train them up how to, how to go to heaven and then how to bring heaven to earth. Did you know you can't bring heaven to earth if you haven't been to heaven? Just saying. <laughs> I've tried it. <laughs> it was so painful. And the person standing opposite me, it was painful for them as well. Anyway, all right, so that's all I have to say. Are y'all excited? Yes. All right, so uh, you will all be getting your job description. Um, you're all, I expect all of you to have 12. Choose your 12 this year. You're going to be discipling 12 people. Everybody gets to have, uh, to be um, a leader. Everybody is changing and transforming 12 people's lives. And it should be that way all the time. Um, I, and, uh, you know, you're like, well, I work. Well, start a men's group at work. Start a women's breakfast where they all come and you begin to pour into and transform the lives of other people. And what will happen is you're, you're actually going to grow in power. You're going to grow in anointing. You're going to grow in love. Because there's nothing like <clears throat> discipling people who are all prickly to help you to learn to love. <laughs> Amen?